0: Everybody doing all right this morning? Yeah, good. Wonderful day. We get to come together as a family and worship God and lift up praise to Him. What a joy. Andrew did a great job. Thank you, Andrew. Isn't that great? I'm going to probably be having all of these, uh, uh, the seventh and eighth graders are going to be, hey, I want to read. I want to do it. And that's great. We'll get a spot for you. There will be opportunities as well. I'm going to move this just a little bit because every now and then I do get going a little bit, and I'll start, you'll start hearing me uh, ring symbols as I, up here. This month, we've been going through a a series called Passion for the Mission, and we'll wrap it up today, and and so as we gather together, there's a few things I want to kind of make sure everybody's aware of tonight, um, here at four o'clock at the church. I want to kick off, so please, uh, if you're interested, bring your kid, maybe even have a Questions. This is be a great time to come this afternoon to kind of find out about it. Sign up your, your child. I don't think it starts. I want it until the second week in, in September. Is that correct? Yeah. Until the second week in September. But today's a great time to come investigate and find out. If you want your child to memorize God's word and how it applies to their life, this is a great, great event to bring them to and, and get them a part of throughout the years. They'll grow in God's word and knowledge of it. Also, <clears throat> women's Bible studies are are kicking off. You want to be be sure to sign up. You can go to our website. I think the second week in September is when they actually get started. They're still doing sign ups. You can go to nbcchurch uh, dot com and you can sign up there. I think you'd have until like the eighth to sign up to get your book on time. Um, but we would love to have all the ladies in there. Also, some of our summit groups, our men's groups are starting up again. Uh, This is a time to get involved in a group. If you haven't gotten involved in one, we would encourage you to do that, whether a small group, a women's Bible study, one of the men's summit groups. Those are important. That's where life really takes place. It's where uh, spiritual growth often takes place as we encourage one another in the Lord and we pray together and we study God's word together. That's where that takes place. So not just in a big room like this, but just in a smaller context and growth really takes off. Also on September 12th, uh, right after the service, we'll have some pizza or something there. But if you're interested in Tanzania, Greg's going to be sharing a few more minutes of uh, a few minutes on his trip this summer, uh, I'll be there. We'll share about the trip when I went a couple of years ago, some of the t- t- details. If you've ever thought about this is where you would come, come to that, that, that Sunday, and we'll talk about Tanzania costs, some of the things that go on, because want if you're going to go with us next summer, you want to uh, start planning now. So uh, we're, looking, we're looking forward to that. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to do something this morning as we, as we gather. I just want you to calm yourselves for a moment. I think so many times we run from one event to the next event. We run out of one classroom to another. Uh, I know this morning I have to change. You know, we'd have the 930 service, and I have a mic over there. Then I have to come over here and put on this mic, and, and there's little things to follow up on in the last few minutes. And sometimes we just get to rushing, don't we? And right now I want you just to calm. I want you to listen. Just ask God to speak to you today and the calmness of his his goodness and his mercy. So just calm yourselves and let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, just this morning as as we gather, that we would understand and know that we are your people. Lord, that we are a people that are, that are seeking after you, we want to know you better. Father, we want to know you intimately. We want to know of your goodness. We want to know of your mercy, of your grace. Father, we know you are a loving Father. And that, Father, you know each and every uh, heart here this morning. Father, you know that some have gone through a week of, that's been chaotic, maybe it's been traveling or just difficulties or different things that are going on, just pure busyness. God, we pray this morning as we gather that we don't take this time lightly, that, Father, we are gathering together as your people, as we sing praises to you, as we hear your word, as we hear and trust by faith that your spirit would move in our hearts to instruct us, to guide us, to move us, that we might, Father, be more and more like your son. So, Lord, just just calm our hearts today. Give us a readiness, a a mindfulness to hear your word. And then, Father, just speak to us. Go past all of my own shortcomings, my own iniquities and sins, my own inabilities. And, Father, speak to us, your people, each and every one of us, where we're at, in the difficulties and in the, in the trials. I'm even, Father, just thinking of, a, of one of our own this morning who's not able to be here because of some things that are going on in their family. And I pray for them. I pray for healing. I pray, Father, for, for your, your comfort in that time. I know there's others, Father. We just, we just pray for them, God. We pray this morning that you would minister to us, your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, as I mentioned, we were finishing up our series called Passion for a Mission. It's our our mission as we approach here at Mansfield Bible Church, and the way that we describe it is we're just really a, a group of people who are learning to follow Jesus by abiding, by belonging, and by making an impact. And so those are the terms that we've used to kind of identify our mission. So this month, I've been really trying to focus in on what does it really matter? What are the things that matter? If we're going to be a group of people who are learning, and by the way, in the, in the New Testament, disciple is a learner. And that's what we are. We're disciples. We're disciples of Christ following after Jesus. And our goal is to learn how to follow him. And we're gonna do that together. Some of us have been believers for a long time and following Jesus, and some of us may be new at it. But we're learning to grow in Christ. We're learning to follow Jesus. And when we begin to understand that, and we begin to look at it, the the very first week, and so bear with me, I'm gonna take a few minutes and kind of sum up the month, since this is my last Sunday on this subject. But that very first Sunday, we really looked at what really matters When we're talking about a passion for the mission, what matters? What is it that really boils down to? And the things that we talked about on that first Sunday is first and foremost that we exist for God. We exist for his glory. That the purpose by which I breathe and take steps and live each and every day is for the glory of God. And I'm in the process of continuing to learn that in my life. God is continually growing in me and understanding that, that I exist for him. I don't exist for myself. It impacts so many things in my life. It impacts how I, how, I work, how I do things here in the church. It impacts how I do things in my home. It impacts how I do things in, in the world. It impacts everything that I do because I don't exist for me. I exist for him. And I know that very statement goes very counterculture to our, to our culture today and our self-obsessed culture. We've got to understand that if we are gonna learn how to follow Jesus, first and foremost, we exist for him. Very simple statement, very difficult to continue to learn and grow in, but we've got to begin there. The other thing that we learned that we have to really, that really matters is, is that we follow Jesus that we take up our cross, we deny self, take up our cross and follow after him. We move from a place of self-control, self-governance, to a place of God-control, God-governance. God, what do you have for me for my day? What is it, how do I operate in these circumstances? God wrote a book, didn't he? He told us about some of those things. And how we govern ourselves, we listen to him there's so many times when I want to do things my way and deal with things a certain way, right? I was a, I was a, I I, I if you're around, I, I could be a very big control freak. If you know me, you'd go like, duh, Greg, we know that about you, right? And when I was in management, I mean, I was like always in control of everything. I, you know, I still could walk into a restaurant and I would, man, just see everything and be like, why aren't we on this, you know, kind of a deal, But that's not how I govern my life. I govern my life. God, what is it that you want me to do? Remember Jesus when he walked on earth? What did he say? What I hear my father say, I say. What I see my father do, I do. It's the same principle for us. That we move from self-governance to God governing our lives. That we are followers of Jesus. And the third thing we looked at that week was we also came to the realization that we need to love Jesus like crazy. You know, we don't invest our time and our effort into things we don't care about. That's just the reality. A lot of times you can tell what you love and what you care by, about by how you invest your time and your, 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 your resources and your materials. Well, the reality is if we're going to learn how to follow Jesus, we got to love him like crazy. And I shared, I think that second week, I shared about my relationship with my wife that we will be celebrating 37 years of marriage. One of the things I said is, hey, marriage isn't always easy, is it? Because you're learning to grow and you're sharing. It's the same picture with our God. We're learning to grow, we're investing, and in that relationship that we have with him, we will not invest in that relationship if we don't love God deeply. We need to be passionate about our love for God. So the second week we began and we understood that we have to lay out a foundation, that there's already one that's been laid out for us and it's Jesus and there's no other foundation. We saw that in 1 Corinthians chapter three. And that we need to be wise builders as we begin to build on that foundation. So what is it that we build? The first thing we talked about was abiding in Jesus. It was our first term that we use here at Mansfield Bible Church when we talk about What are the key elements in our mission? What do we need to be passionate about? We need to be passionate about abiding in Jesus. Jesus said, if we don't abide in him, you know what we can do? Absolutely nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And so we need to be wise builders on the foundation of who Jesus is. And what we saw in that, that week is that as we abide, we need to be passionate about God's word. God wrote a book. He told us about himself. He told us about his character. He told us how we should respond to him. There's a lot of things in the book that he's described. There's things that we don't understand. We're still growing in. We're still praying about, still asking him to enlighten us and to teach us. But God wrote a book and we need to be passionate about God's word. The second thing we notice if we're gonna abide in Jesus is we need to be passionate about prayer. We need to be about prayer. If there's a day and time when God's people need to be praying more than ever before. It's right now. In the world that we're in and the times that we're in and the things that are going on, we need to be a people of prayer and we need to be praying for one another, for those around us in our world. We need to be about prayer. We need to be passionate about prayer. We need to build wisely on that foundation. The second week or last week, we talked about building on that foundation. We talked about belonging. We shared that we quit using the word connect. We used to say connect, but now we say belong. The reason is kind of connect puts it on us, right? Do I, do I get along with this person? Do I like this person? Do we have the same likes and dislikes? Is there a chemistry between us? Did I connect with this person? And the reality is that if you're here this morning and you have received Jesus into your life and you're trusting Christ, you know what? You belong to the family of God. Amen? You belong. You're important. Every one of you is so absolutely important to what God is doing because you're part of the people of God. You're part of the family of God. You belong. And we need to be passionate about oneness. And that's what we looked at last week, is that we need to be passionate about oneness. And the third and the final term that we're going to be dealing with this month in our mission statement is we're going to be wise builders on the foundation which Jesus has laid, the only foundation is that we need to impact. We need to make a difference in the world. We need to expand the message of Christ. We need to make Christ known. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to look at two different passages. One is in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You can go ahead and turn there. And the second one is the one Andrew read this morning in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you will, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. As we understand that if we're gonna impact the world, we need to have a passion to be a light. In Matthew chapter five, verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. I just wanna stop there for a second. You are the light of the world. In the context in which we're dealing with in Matthew chapter five, it's the it's right after the Beatitudes, where Jesus has a crowd that's following him. He pulls the twelve to the side and he begins to teach them. And he goes through the Beatitudes and he talks about these different things. These these men who were uneducated. They were just kind of your normal, normal guys. They were fishermen, some of them. They were just they were just regular men, uneducated. And Jesus looks at him and he says. You're the light of the world. I always find that amazing to me that Jesus picked these men who the rest of the world wouldn't have picked, but he picked these men, these 12, and he says, you're the light of the world. In fact, the word you there is emphatic. It literally means you, my followers. You, no, not anybody else. You are the light of the world. And ultimately, he's saying that to us too. We're going to see some other passages as well that we're the light of the world. That there is this idea where, when we begin to abide in Jesus, and Jesus is living in us and his spirit is in us, and as we're understanding oneness within the body, we are a light to the world. We saw it last week that when we're in oneness, we reflect the fact of who God is. We saw it last week that when we're in oneness, that tells the world that God sent his son and he loves us. How we live makes all the difference in the world. That we are the light of the world, that God saved us and delivered us through the work of his son, Jesus, and that through us, the light of Jesus shines to the rest of the world. It's very strong picture and it's also amazing to me that he would talk about this that we would be those who would shine as lights the jews saw themselves as a light to the world they saw that they were the nation that was to to enlighten the other nations around them but now that jesus has come there he was the true light and because of jesus and because of what he's done we are now the lights to the world god uses his people who are you who are you? You're God's people. He uses his people to be a light to the world. That's how he has chosen to do that. Light often was used in Old Testament and New, New Testament. Sometimes it symbolized the idea of purity as opposed to what was unrighteous. Sometimes it, would, it, uh, it demonstrated what is truth or knowledge as opposed to error or ignorance. But many times it was the idea of divine revelation or presence as opposed to reprobation or abandonment by God. In other words, that the light was here, it made, made presence. And Jesus says, you are the lights of the world. We're a demonstration that God did send his son and that he loves us deeply. I remember when I was a kid in high school, I got, it wasn't one of my first jobs. It wasn't my first job, but it was one of my first jobs. And I got to work in a gas station. Now, this is going to bring back some memories. Some of you, the older folks are going to go, oh, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, see, when I worked at the gas station, I had this neat little uniform, right? And so when, I, when a car pulled up, you know what I did? I ran out there. I had my tire gauge. I checked all the tires. I lifted up the hood. I checked the oil, the windshield fluid, the, uh, the coolant. We checked all those fluids underneath the hood. We would fill them up. Then we wash the windows. Do you, you know that? You start cleaning these windows. I, y'all are like, some of you are going, like, my gosh, when did that ever happen? They, they, that's when they had the hose the air hose right next to the gas pumps back in those days. Now they've got them over there, and you've got to put money in the machine to get air. Well, I always never could understand that, but nevertheless. But, you know, we did all that, and it was we were, we, were, we were representative of the company. I remember the manager always used to tell me, he'd say, hey, look, you're representing, and it was Chevron that I was working for, you're representing Chevron. Well, we also understood the thing called a tip, because uh, uh, we were in a very uh, kind of affluent a part of town where I worked at. And so I learned after a period of time, if I took care of certain people, they kept coming back and they would ask for me and they always were good tippers. And those are the ones you wanted. So you wash the window a little bit more, you know, kind of thing. But, um, but we were always being told we were representatives of, of the company. And I remember as I started managing, I used to tell my employees that all the time. I'd say, hey, look, you represent you represent the company. You represent who we are. And, you know, in a day where we're starving for good customer service, uh, we, we, we see all kinds of bad representation. I remember one time I walked in a restaurant. I hadn't been in it in a while. And I was when I was a district manager. And I walked into a restaurant, and right there on the, on the front in the dining room was some employees wearing their uniform. And this is a burger joint. They're wearing their uniforms, and they have these pizzas all over the front table eating pizza, and I walked in, took about two steps, looked at the store manager, and I was about to explode. If you know me, you know the word explode is a very real term in my life, okay? I was about to explode, and I remember turning around and walking back out because I knew I was about to explode right then and there because they were representing the company. Well, in this day, and this time, you know who we represent? We represent Jesus. We're a light in this world. It doesn't matter where you go, what you do, you're a light in this world. If Jesus lives within you, we accomplish that as we abide in Christ. We accomplish that as we belong in the body. We are called to be a light because in Christ Jesus, we are a light. We are a light. You are a light of the world, which implies by the way, that the world is dark, right? That's what it implies. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me will, should stay in darkness. He expects us to move from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's what Jesus did. When I received Christ into my life, I moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Jesus came as a light that we should not stay in darkness. And Later in that chapter, or in the earlier part of that chapter, Jesus said, put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. So that you may become lights. Lights in this world. God's plan of shining his message is to shine it through his people into this world, through his people who follow him, through his people, the church. Therefore, we must understand our new life in Christ. We were once in darkness, but now we're in light. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 tells us this. It says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children. Of light, We must have a passion to be a light, to walk as children of light. It's a privilege. Every one of you in this room are so important. Every one of you are an important part of what God wants to do in this world through his people. Every one of you, every one of you are just as valuable as another person. Every person in this room is just as invaluable to the body of Christ as I am as Buckles is, as Alan is, as Matt, any one of us, every one of you is important to the body because you're a light. You're so important. And notice that Jesus anticipates that his followers might hide their light. He looks what he says, a city on the, set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In other words, what... <clears throat> jesus understands is that hey a city on the hill can't be hidden back in that day a lot of times they built their their home their built their cities with kind of a white limestone so you could imagine the heat of the sun with the light of the sun shining on them from a distance you could see the city and at night if they put a light in it you could see it from a ways off i remember in high school i um I took this class it was learning how to fly planes. And I was a sophomore in high school. And part of the final was that we had to pass the FAA written test, which I did. I was one of the few that did. And I, there were like 50 people that took the test and very few passed it. And I remember passing it while well, I wanted to get my pilot's license. And so I began trying to take some hours whenever I could to take to, to fly, which is, you know, really expensive. It's not cheap to do that. And I remember this one time I got to fly with this guy from Denver down to Albuquerque and Santa Fe and back, and we were flying at night. We left just as after the sun went down. We were flying at night, and as you're flying, we were flying right along the foothills of the mountains, right down that, that line, and we were flying down there, and you could see off. You could see the light of the next town, and when as we'd hone in, and we'd get there and then fly over it, and then We go on down to the next one, and you start seeing it off. And all around it, there was this light of this town, but all around it was darkness. Darkness was everywhere. And I always think that's the same picture for us, that that in this world, there is darkness, but God's people, we, the light of the world, shine in that darkness. That there's there's a distinction in who we are as his people, and the way that we shine his light, that others would know that we love him. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. He said, a true Christian cannot be hid. He cannot escape notice. A man truly functioning as a Christian will stand out. That's a powerful statement. You don't, you don't take a light and light it as, as Jesus said and then put a basket over it and hide it. Why light it then? You don't even light it. And the picture of what Martin Luther, Joel, Martin, excuse me, Martin Lloyd Jones was saying here, what he was trying to say is, is that if you're in Christ and you have Jesus in you, how do you hide that light? And if you continue to go on and living in secrecy, if, you, if Christ isn't known in your life, then you're not following Jesus. You can't follow Jesus. And, and, and seek after him, and to be hidden, you can't. Those, are, those, aren't, those aren't possible. Just as we couldn't fly over a city and not see it. In the middle of a night, how could we miss it? We can't because the city was lit up. And the same picture is that if we don't follow Jesus, what happens is we become like darkness, darkness. And we don't distinguish ourselves of who we are in Christ. But we do have Christ in us. We do know Jesus. And if Jesus is living in us and that's true, then his light would be shining out from us and we would be distinctive in this world. What an opportunity in this world, in this time, this place, to shine Jesus. We live in such a time where we need Jesus and we need him now and we need him as a priority in our lives. I'm amazed, dear God, I'm amazed at how good we are to make all kinds of arguments for so many issues in our day and age, but we can't make an argument for Jesus. It's about Jesus. And his light needs to shine through us that we distinguish ourselves because Christ is in us. And when we don't, we've ceased to follow him. We've ceased to become like that darkness which is around us. When the light of Jesus shines through us, we stand out in this world. When light is lit in a dark place, everyone there will know it. When you live your faith in secret, you put a basket over it, you become useless impacting the world. You've ceased to follow Jesus. Is Christ in you? If you continue to do that year after year after year after year, you need to ask yourself, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Is Jesus in you? Jesus goes on, he says in verse 16, in the same way, what does he mean? In the same way that a city on a hill can't be hidden, in the same way that you light a light in the room and it exposes everything around it, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven so that others may see your good works and glorify God. Shine your light, dear people of God. May God give us a passion to be lights in this world. Our world needs it. Our world needs us to be lights. Our world doesn't need us just to just to exist and go about work every day and to go about all these things and not to be, not to be shining Jesus in our world. Our world needs us to shine Jesus, and God's called us to do that. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He didn't say anybody else. He said, you, his followers, are light of the world. You're the light. And we need to have be passionate to be a light. But we also need to be passionate about boldness. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 what, that Andrew read this morning, verses 18 and following. In the context of chapter 6 of Ephesians, it's spiritual warfare. A couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about being passionate about prayer, we looked at this verse, and we realized we need to have a passion for prayer. Paul is imprisoned. And, he, and he's telling these believers at Ephesus, in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now listen what Paul asked for. You know what, Paul? He's imprisoned, right? So he's going to go, hey, pray that I get out of prison. Pray for my physical comfort because it's not very comfortable here. It gets kind of cold at night. Pray that, that I have favor in the eyes of the guards. Pray that the judge has mercy on me and lets me out. Is that what he prays? Listen to what he prays. Listen to this. It it blew me away when I read this. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Twice he talks about being boldness. When he talks about the thing that he wants them to pray for, is bold. I'm like, Paul, so Paul, of all the guys in the New Testament, man, you were the boldest, were you not? Were you not bold? I mean, this guy went everywhere, sharing Jesus everywhere. And he's in prison. He's not going, hey, open the bars. May the spirit, you know, let me out. He's saying, man, pray for boldness that I can open my mouth, that I can share the mystery of the gospel. You know what the mystery of the gospel is here, people of God? You really want to know what the mystery of the gospel is? Is That Jew and Gentile were both saved. You can go back and go into the early part of Ephesus or the book of Ephesians and Colossians, that, that they're all saying that the gospel is for everybody. I'm gonna tell you right now, you will never meet anybody in your life that the gospel wasn't meant for. You never will. You, you can go overseas, go in the, in the very deepest bush of Africa. You know what? The gospel was meant for them. You can go to Afghanistan right now. You can go in the roughest part of the country and there isn't a person you'll meet that the gospel wasn't meant for. That's the mystery of the gospel. Paul said, open my mouth that I may boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. It blew me away this week. I started thinking about it, even in my own prayer life. Man, do I ask God to make me bold in my evangelism? Do I ask you, God, to make me bold and be in a light? And sharing the gospel. I, I was like, wow, so often I don't. I'm pretty, I'm pretty bold in, in those things, but I don't know that I, always, that I always do. That When I think about the early church, you know, we, we see all the miracles, we see all these things, and we go, wow, if only we would be like the early church. And I began to realize, you know what the power of the early church was? It wasn't the miracles. It wasn't all those things. You know what it was? It was boldness. God-given boldness. Boldness isn't man-made. Boldness is given to us by God. They were bold with the gospel. They They were losing their things, their possessions, their homes, and they were still bold. They were taken and thrown in prison, and they were still bold for Jesus. You want to talk about the power of the early church? It was boldness. I mean, I know what we do so many times too and this is what we, I do it, I do it as well. You know, head out the door, I'm gonna be bold for Jesus today. I'm gonna witness to somebody, I'm gonna be bold, I'm gonna share Jesus, I'm gonna make sure everybody knows Jesus. We out there and bam, fall on our face, right? Didn't go that well. Because you know what we need to do? Remember what we were supposed to be passionate about? Supposed to be passionate about prayer, right? Because before we ever go out the door, we should be falling on our face before God. Dear God, give me boldness today. Give me strength, open the doors that I might share your son with people, that I might be a light today. Oh God, give me boldness. Give me boldness today, God. And then we walk out. We're having a conversation with somebody at work, maybe a neighbor over the fence, or we're having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you just feel this little prodding to share Jesus, and you, just start, you start telling them about what Jesus means to you. Maybe you ask them a question. This is very natural, it's just part of the conversation, and all of a sudden, you start finding yourself, this has been true for me, I've seen it so many times, all of a sudden, you start finding yourself in this conversation, and you're sharing Jesus, and you're like, where are these words coming from? How is this happening? And all of a sudden, you start realizing as you're sharing Jesus, It's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. He's using you to share Jesus. And you kind of step back and you go, wow, Holy Spirit, you're really good at this. You know how many times i felt that in my life, sharing Jesus? There might be fear. I remember when I went to Tanzania two years ago. Y'all remember me talking, I hated the plane rides. It's the only reason I don't like to travel is those darn planes. Who wants to, anyway, that's a whole nother subject. But... (laughs) And I just prayed before I went, God, give me an opportunity to share Jesus on this plane. Every leg of the trip but one, I was able to share Jesus. And the one that didn't, it was because he didn't speak any English whatsoever. But I kept trying, you know. I figured, God, you can go past the language barrier somehow, right, because my God's a God of miracles. He does great things, so I need to trust him to do that. But I can remember sharing Jesus at the back of the plane for about an hour and a half with this guy from Tanzania. It was part of a band, and sharing with him. And there was times in that conversation where God just gave me the words. It was so cool. And you're just going, go, Spirit, go. Because we're just vessels, aren't we? We're just vessels of the Spirit of God that dwells within us. And we allow him to use us as he sees fit. Why? Because we're lights in this world. We're lights in the world. We are his lights. Here's something, listen to me, what I'm about to say to you. This could be, this is, my, this is my theme, I'm saying this, okay? So throw up your red flags, pay attention for a second. This is what I'm saying. So you test it to be, ch- if it be true or not. There's something I know the Holy Spirit will never tell you to do. He'll never go, shh, don't say anything. Think about that for a minute. Holy Spirit was made to glorify and exalt Jesus. Holy Spirit, that's all he's about is to exalt Jesus. He's never gonna go, shh, don't bring him up. Shht. See, we're real comfortable, we're real confident in our knowledge of the scriptures. We'll study it all day long. But if we don't have a burden for the lost, we're missing something. Because when I read this book, I see a God who is compassionate and merciful for the lost. For those who didn't know Christ, we need to grow in the understanding and the boldness that we are lights in this world. We can sit around and we can condemn the world all we want, but it gets you nothing. When you walk, through the, walk with Jesus through the, through the Gospels, how many times was he calling the, those that were brokenhearted, those who were downtrodden, those who were struggling, he was calling them to himself. And we're people of God. We're lights. We are the light of the world. We need boldness. God-given boldness. We need to quit hiding in our rooms, right? In In our little gatherings and thinking somehow we're doing great things for God. If we would understand the power of what I'm talking about this morning, Mansfield, Texas, look out. Mansfield, Texas, look out. As we go out and about through our days, you're gonna go into homes and places of work. I'll never go. Because you know what? You know what the mission or the evangelism, uh, let me say it this way. You know what the strategy of reaching people at Mansfield Bible Church is? It's really simple. You want me to tell you? The strategy to reach people with Jesus in Mansfield, Texas is this simple. It's you. It's you. It's me, it's us, it's God's people because you will go into places I will never go. I will not be in some homes that you'll be in but you are there and you're the light. You're you're the one that's be walking in boldness, sharing the good news of Christ. That mystery of the gospel that all are available all are welcome into the presence of God through his son, Jesus Christ, who respond by faith. Yes, God is holy and we have a problem, right? We're not. But Jesus corrected that through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And all who would respond and receive by faith will be saved. We wanna, we wanna fix lives and we wanna make it that way. We really, that's not our job. Our job is to proclaim Jesus, to proclaim Jesus, to be lights that the world would know that God exists and that he loves us and he cares about us deeply, that we would exalt him. The Holy Spirit is our guide. I have a quote in my um, office that I keep and I look at it often. I got it many years ago when I first started in ministry. I got it out of a book uh, that I had read, I even forgot the title of the book, but it was a, about an old Scottish pastor who was talking to a young Scottish pastor about to start his very first pastorate. And he gave him this one simple advice. He says, keep it up, laddie. God loves to hear and speak well of his son. I've always remembered that. Dear people of God, God loves to hear his people speak well of his son. Does he not? Does he not? As we continue to grow as a people of God, as we gather together and we learn to follow Jesus, as disciples of Christ, learning to follow Jesus, as we build on the foundation of Jesus, that's the only foundation. As we build on the foundation, we build wisely as we abide in Jesus that we're passionate for the word, we're passionate for prayer, that we build on that foundation of Jesus, that we understand that we belong to the body of Christ and we become passionate for oneness, that we build on that foundation of Jesus, no other foundation but his, that we understand that we impact the world, we expand the message of, of the gospel, we expand the message of God as we are, passionate about being lights and we're passionate about boldness. Boldness. Good old fashioned boldness. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, um, speak to us this morning. May Father, we learn the joy of just being your people in this world. Lord, we can all lay out a list We could make a list of all the things that are wrong in this world. But if there's one thing this world needs, oh God, this world needs Jesus. Guard our hearts from being so distracted by all the things going on in this world that we forget it's all about Jesus. That Father, we would understand that we exist not for ourselves but we exist for you that we are lights in this world and father in the midst of of all the things we fight for in this world may it be that we proclaim jesus that it's jesus that is the priority in our lives dear god i pray that you would ignite us I pray, oh God, that you would move among us, that dear God, you would give us boldness to be lights in this world. Father, that you would move even now your spirit among us, that we would let go of those things that hold us back, those fears, those, those things that, that keep us from being a light in this world, and that God, you would just break those things from us. That you would give us a renewed passion For the mission that we're about. That Father, we would be lights. Not lights to to glory in our light, but God, lights because we know it declares you. And it declares the message of hope, a message of love, and a message of faith. That Father, we we would be used by you. Lord, may we. May we grow today for your glory and your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen.